Welcome to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. Immigrant Stories is a live show where we mix two very different styles of storytelling. One is we have live stories that are true, told by immigrants who have uprooted their lives and moved to Sweden. And we combine those stories with improvised theater. So the unique thing about it is that the storytellers donate their story to the show, and they also donate themselves as main characters in our long-form improvisation. So where their stories end, the improv takes over. And improv is an art form that is really best seen in the moment. However, these amazing true stories can live on. And the goal of this podcast is to really share these stories with the world uh, and also share some of the reflections backstage after the show of the improvisers who had to then bring these stories to life. Uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast and please let us know what you think. And we'd love to get your feedback. And if you're interested in seeing a show, we're doing more of these in October. So come and check it out. The stories have been amazing. So let's get into the stories. Our first storyteller is from Damascus, Syria. He's lived in Sweden for four years. So please help me welcome to the stage, Molly Nadaf. My name is Molly, I'm um, uh, 26 years old from Damascus, the capital city in Syria. And uh, when I was young, I have a problem in my heart. And uh, that made me curious to know how uh, a human body works. And, uh, uh, and in my life, I, I enjoy to help people that um, uh, uh, less fortunate than me, and that make me have a dream to be a doctor, to treat all the people. Um, uh, and I was almost there. At the first, I graduated uh, as an anesthesia nurse, and, uh, uh, and I studied two years in a medical program in Damascus, and I, work, uh, and I worked wor about time in a pharmacy. Um, uh, but unfortunately, I couldn't complete my education there in, in Syria because after 2011, there is a lot of things changed and uh, uh, people disappeared. I was arrested for a week and it, it wasn't easy at all at be there. So I decided to move there, uh, move there from, uh, move from Syria. And, uh, and I moved to Egypt with a big hope that I wouldn't complete my study there. But uh, another unfortunately that when I reached to Egypt, there is many rules changed and I didn't, I didn't find myself there and I didn't find um, a real life that um, uh, built my future. So, um, I took a boat, as many other people who came here to Europe by the sea, and it was horrible, hard, 
Uh, it took about one week. Um, the last two days without food and water. And uh, finally, we, we were picked up um, by the Italian mentorship. And it was like a dream to be my foot uh, in the land again. But um, when I came to Sweden for four years ago, um, migration agency moved me to um, an area that called Norbury. And for me, as a person who used to be in the capital city with um, nine million people, have a lot of things to do, <laughs> and suddenly found myself in the Norbury, in the middle of the forest, just a tree and lakes. <laughs> I have no contacts. And it, I, I got crazy because. I, I, I need to make something. And one, one month later, um, a guy came to that camp and uh, sold some bike. And I, uh, I thought that it was nice. So uh, uh, I bought a bike and started to ride it around. And I went to the library at, uh, to, to make some contacts. And one day, I, I ride a bike. And suddenly, a seriously, a serious lady with a <laughs> with a red face drove so fast, came to me and said so angry, "Hey you, come here! This is my bike." Uh, I, I get confused because I I just bought that bike for <laughs> for a few weeks ago, so. I, I, I don't know what, I sh what shall I say for her. So I, I told her that this is my bike and I bought it and you, you have to prove to me that it's yours. And she came to me and turned the bike upside down and showed a red mark and said the, uh, her son saved money for buying this, this bike and he missed it. And I, I couldn't say anything for her. So, but... Uh, she got <laughs> she got back that bike, and uh, uh, she understood my situation, and uh, she invited me to a cup of coffee, fika, <laughs> and uh, uh, we we talked a bit more. Man, uh, um, uh, yeah, and it it ended up with with her that she given me another bike with a letter of proof that it was mine. And uh, uh, one week later, I met Madde, and uh, she said to me, I have something interesting for you. And, uh, uh, and she gave me a, a um, Swedish, um, Swedish book for starters. And I thought that, perfect. And, but it was uh, old, because uh, she invited me once a week to practice pronunciation. And uh, I started to learn Swedish by myself and um, uh, meet her once a week and talk Swedish. Um, uh, by the days, we became so close friends. And one day, walked and talked together, and she talked to me and looked at me seriously as usual. <laughs> she said to me, look inside my eyes. 
when you need something, you have to come to your mother and tell her, I'm your mother here in Sweden. <laughs> I have a minute of silence because I didn't get it at the beginning. Um, but I have a few words to her. You are incredible. I will never forget you. And, um, but it was real because she became like my mother. She, she took all the responsibility and showed me a lot of uh, possibility. She introduced me to meet a lot of people that have a lot of experience in life. And that, that was helpful for me as a newcomer here to, to Sweden. Um, uh, yeah, the next step was at um, uh, send my medical document to uh, evaluating. And I started to work um, uh, with the old people care. And I wanted to see how health and care works here in Sweden. After eight months, I got um, a decision to, uh, to work as, as a nurse here in Sweden. Um, at the beginning of 2017, I moved to Stockholm. Um, uh, so there is no trees and lakes anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, and I started to work at Bromma Medical Cent Central. And um, yeah, and I, I um, and I applied to um, uh, uh, medical school in Sweden um, to become accepted at Linköping University. And uh, what can I say more? Yeah, recently I um, uh, uh, I got a job in Santioran Hospital as a nurse in surgery department. But the most exciting things that happened to me since I came to Sweden, that I met my, that I met my partner, Milla, and her child, Marcel. It was a little bit hard to Marcel to accept me as a part of a family. But I can say that Marcel um, uh, called me as Combis Papa <laughs> and made uh, a promise ring and um, want to I get married with Milla. So, <laughs> so um, when, when I think over my life, it's something I cannot imagine, because I, I moved out to Syria to come to Sweden to, to meet new mother, to learn a language that I will never think about. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, and I got a job in the surgery in, in surgery department, and finally to, to became accepted in university to complete my uh, to my way to for my dream to be a doctor. Thank you for hearing. <laughs> What a story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, 
uh, touching. Yeah. And I, th I think it was so touching uh, to be... Uh, when he started his, his, uh, his story in Syria... Yeah. Uh, uh, mm. and, and and it just went along. He was in was he was in prison for a week? No, a month, right? A, a week, a I think. Week. Yeah. A week. Yeah. 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 A week. Yeah. Uh, and and that was something you just mentioned. Said. You mentioned yeah. it yeah. and just moved along. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but it mm. it those things made a, a, a big difference in the yeah yeah when he got come to Sweden yeah. and being yeah. on the boat and the food ran out that mm. was also just like okay another yeah. piece of information yeah. um, that was mentioned mm. two and days without food mm. or water yeah. yeah and I was like you know so much because you've read and you heard and you sort of add that to the story um, I mean because you know what happened Hmm. Um, so yeah, I I was actually a bit afraid uh, before the show because I knew this person would be from Syria, and I was uh, afraid that we would hear some really heavy stuff, hmm. um, and I wasn't sure how I would react. And I really was. Hmm. It, it was an emotional moment uh, on stage. I think for. For all of us, mm, and yeah. for mm. him, and for lots of people in the audience, mm. um, and um, yeah, that was uh, a fear of mine. But I, I, I was really happy with uh, what happened on stage, mm. Uh, mm. what we did with his story. Yeah, I I thought it was such a wonderful. Uh, such a wonderful story to hear about this Swede who became his mother. You yeah. know, she was just like, yeah. took him in and made him uh, really home here, yeah. you know? And like the, the theme was home sweet home. It was mm. like, how much more home can you be when it's like this sense of belonging? Like, mm. I'm your new mother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's that, just that was incredible. Yeah. yeah. And the start, I mean, she said, you took my bike. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ended up being her son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would have known? Yeah. Yeah. Because like everyone, I mean, need a mother like that. Mm. Um, what a wonderful person. Yeah. What a wonderful mistake to buy a stolen bike yeah. get caught and get a new mother yeah yeah <laughs> crazy yeah i think it was um there's so much in that story and how like um it's a it's a whole life and like he says in the end he he didn't he had no idea that he would end up in sweden and that he would have a new mother and right. A new family mm. and a new home and going through all of those things. I think it was it was just like really hard to process all of those things, and like and imagine what it would be like if if uh, uh, we uh, would if you know that would happen to us. Like our life here disappears, and we need to create. We, I mean, when he chose me to play him, I was like. You know, it feels like a huge responsibility. Yeah. Because uh, you, you really want to serve the story in the mm. most respectful way, yet still be open to the playfulness. 
mm. and you know unknownness, mm. so to speak, of improvisation, where it's gonna be, there are gonna be moments where it's just like absurd, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the uh, and when he compared uh, Damascus, nine million people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and he ended up in Sweden in the middle of the forest. Yeah. It was pretty. It was. That made a pretty clear picture. It was vivid. Yeah. You could see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could really feel the silence. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I mean, nine million people is like bustling. Mm. That Nord That's Valley. like the entire Sweden yeah. population. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now let's hear storyteller number two. been in Sweden for a year and a half. He's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What's that? Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the United States. Please help me welcome to the stage Aaron Keith. So, as I said, my name is Aaron. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I had originally lived in Japan before I came to Sweden. And the first thing that I noticed when I came to Sweden was that the Swedish people are not that far away from the Japanese in the fact that they they don't like to say, yeah, woo, and like, you know, be like all open. Because that's me. Like, as you can see, I'm an actor, I'm a singer. I like to do that. I like when people come to say, yeah, very nice job. I like it when people say, um, I like it when people say, great, you traveled the world, perfect. First thing I noticed when I would tell people, yeah, I traveled here, I traveled there, I've been all through Asia, the first thing I would get was, cool, and then they walk away. <laughs> so after about four months, I had worked in, um, in the international school, and after four months, I couldn't find any friends, I couldn't really make connections with people. I tried the Fika stuff, but I'm sorry, but after four months, that didn't work for me. So, around Christmas time, I was like, okay, I'm going to go home and see if it works better in the, my hometown in the United States, because from the States, I usually got that whole open openness. So, I maxed off my credit card, bought my plane ticket home, and went home for Christmas. And when I got off in the terminal, I rushed to get my bags. And as I was getting my bags, I was humming along the whole little song that goes dun 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 dun. As I saw my mother standing there, who I have not seen for almost two years, and all I could think of was, was, of was dun 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 dun, and we embraced. And I'm like, hello, mother. And she's like, hello, Aaron. And I wanted to tell her all of my stories. I'm like, I have so many great stories to tell you. And she's like, that's great, but first we need to go home, the dog shit on the floor, and the baby's throwing up, so we must go. That can wait till later, we'll have coffee later. So I'm like, well shit. So I go home, and I get home, and everyone's just like, hey, 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 how was Sweden, how's Japan? I'm like, it's great, I wanna tell you all about it. And then they're like, okay. And then they just never came back. So I was there for two weeks, I thought that my friends would be different, so I texted them, and I'm like, I have so many stories to tell you. And they're like, great, let's meet up at this time. And so we meet up, we have a chit-chat, and then everything seems great. 
And then about a week later, I find myself sitting in my room thinking, nobody wants to hang out. Everybody's having their own life. So I keep thinking, where do I, where do I even belong? So, um, so after about a week there, I decided that I'm like, I kind of want to go back to Sweden now <laughs> to see if I can give it another shot. And so I hopped back on the plane again and I landed here. And from there, I thought it would be great if the storytellers could tell about my re-entrance to Sweden. Thank you. Where do I belong? That really hits the theme, the heart of the theme, home sweet home. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really is like what home sweet home means. Like mm. where do you have that ultimate sense of belonging? Mm. Mm. Yeah. But it felt a little su surprising that he moved back to Sweden. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean but we don't know, but but in the story there was nothing in Sweden that that mm. he wanted to go back to. Mm. But still, now he, it felt like he was, I mean... He'd made his decision. Yeah. He's, mm. he's staying. You know, being in a similar situation, uh, not that uh, there's nothing for me here, but I think there are times where I felt like there's nothing for me here or like I wasn't sure if my life was here. Mm. And then I would go back and realize mm. I don't belong here either. Yeah. Mm. I'm an outsider now. Yeah, yeah, I've had that too. Mm. I, I was thinking the same thing of like where you, you move somewhere. Like my very first experience of living abroad was in London after uh, high school. And, and I was like, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to meet all these people and, you know, have a, you know, hang out with all these cool British people. Um, and, um, and it wasn't like that at all. It was horrible. I didn't know anyone. I was completely <laughs> alone. And I was working as an au pair and uh, felt like, what the fuck? Why did I move here? Mm. Uh, and uh, started appreciating everything at home and all, you know, my friends and family. Um, I remember the same thing when I met, went home over Christmas and I was like, you know, I think I just needed a little bit of home to realize that oh, I still want to explore that other side. Mm. Mm. Um, and I went back, uh, to England and had, uh, an amazing time because I think I was more ready then for mm. something new. Yeah. And I, I think that was similar with Aaron is that mm. he had to go home and realize that like, this isn't for me right now mm. and I need to go embrace, mm. uh, whatever there is in Sweden. Mm. Because he wasn't done. It felt like he didn't give it everything, maybe. Mm. Mm. And, and I think, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of people move here and they get stuck. Uh, I've seen it with a lot of people. You get stuck in this kind of, uh, it's hard here, like this negativity about what Sweden is. And I've seen it, you know, especially with myself, when I dive in and I'm like, fuck yeah, mm. Sweden, baby, mm. yes. And I like really embrace it for everything that it is my experience is way better, you know, and if you resist it and you get stuck, 
it's easy to like be like, I don't fit here. Yeah. Totally. Mm. I'm I'm getting like I've heard you say that so million times, but yeah. it's like sinking in. To mm. uh, that's exactly what I've had too. Mm. Uh, living abroad, like, uh, you can get in the complaint state, where uh, and there's a lot of people. There's a lot of Swedes, <laughs> like currently living and, you know, coming together and hanging out with each other and speaking about how weird the Spanish people are, how weird the British people are, whatever. Uh, rather than like remembering why they moved there to get this awesome experience, mm. so it's definitely about embracing it and just taking the step and being in the unknown and being uh, different. And that's what kind of happened on stage. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. Our story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he tried. He still tried to be, to to. Be, change himself to be sweet to fit but, in. Yeah. yeah which was so fun yeah. to see how uh it didn't work for him no mm. and he you know like you could really see it on you when you were trying to be swedish that it was just all wrong mm-hmm. it didn't work it didn't fit you were suffering uh a little bit mm. yeah about the scene about when you asked um this guy Jessica about the Swedish rules um, I think that was kind when of when you brought your like, own coffee <laughs> yeah like because um, I mean yeah and she was like we don't have any rules um, yeah. yeah I don't know of course we do yeah yeah um, like yeah. a long ass list yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't see the forest yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But I think it was fun how Aaron uh, kind of left it to us to decide. He he ended his story with something like, "Okay, it's now it's up to you guys <laughs> yeah. to show me how my return to yeah. Sweden what what happened." And it ended up being really good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he started a sexual revolution in yes, Sweden. He did. Yeah, and he got like a, hundred, a couple of hundred thousand for like commercial work. Yeah, he was successful. Yeah. Successful as a Swede because he had like transformed himself right. into a Swede, and that's why he got that job. But he got the girl by being he got himself. The girl. Yeah, so he be so it's good to be a, a little bit. Schizophrenic, maybe. Yeah, but he's an act- he is an actor, so that's. I mean, or, or maybe that's part to back to the theme where you really yeah. have those two sides that you need to embrace. Yeah, sure. Embrace, embrace them both. Yeah. You don't have to choose. You can be both. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. I mean, you do reinvent yourself a little bit wherever you move. Mm. Uh, it's impossible not to, mm. um, and it felt like. Once he found him in this new place, this version of him, mm. he could really cut loose. And then you took it to the ultimate, Nick, at the end where you were like fully like letting yourself fly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing like a cartwheel dance. Oh yeah, you did a cartwheel. Yeah, I was amazed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. If you want to come and see some of these stories live combined with our improv, don't miss our shows. We have four more coming up this October. You can get more information at internationaltheater.se. 
That is theater spelled the American way, T-H-E-A-T-E-R dot S-E. You can find us on social at International Theater Stockholm on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter. We're at at It's Stockholm, I-T-S-S-T-H-L-M. Please let us know what you think. Uh, We'd love to hear your feedback and we'd love to see you at our shows October 12th, 13th, 19th, and 20th. 2018 Immigrant Stories. I'm Josh Len. The improvisers you heard on this podcast were Katerina Walberry, Jenny Bjork, Mike Blomqvist, Veronica Karlstein, and special thanks to Marcus Stirwall for being our musician and also donating this lovely music to the show. And we want to give an extra special thanks to our storytellers, Molly Nadoff and Aaron Keith. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.